Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll discuss how I learned to accept my inner horse geek at a Ray Hunt clinic and how that made all the difference in my horse career afterward. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the importance of embracing your inner nerd, which I know sounds like something that isn't related to horses, but at least for me, it was. And I know it is for a lot of the people I work with through Horsewise. I was one of those people who didn't grow up riding horses, but always wanted to ride horses. And I ended up learning ultimately to work with horses and ride when I was an adult. And recently I was going through some old photos of me from back in the early days with horses and they were, they were pretty hilarious. Um, and I know at the time I always felt like kind of a dork. I wanted to be more polished and kind of rugged and horsey tough. Like a lot of the professionals I saw at the barns I was riding at, I worked, uh, as a working student for polo people and, I mean, they were always so glamorous and dashing, but also extremely athletic. It could ride any horse, no matter how spirited or difficult. And there I was kind of just hoping that I could survive, you know, a trot to canter transition back in the early days. So I always sort of had this in the back of my mind that I was kind of, like I said, a dork, kind of like a real geek. Um, and then looking back at those photos, the my fashion aesthetic at the time definitely, definitely underscored that. So I was the kind of person who at the barn, if there was a wrong fashion choice to make, I would make it. I just didn't really have any good sense of what was sort of uh, equestrian chic. So in the early days I would, I would wear, you know, tall rubber riding boots cause they were cheap and it didn't occur to me to actually invest in leather ones. And I really enjoyed bright, colorful sweaters that were just pretty heinous and unflattering, but I liked them because, you know, they were fun and I was going to be with the horses and that was fun. So anyway, looking back at those photos reminded me of just how, how much I would kind of get down on myself back then for being not perfectly sleek and smooth and, you know, kind of savvy or, or whatever the term would be. But over time, as I worked with more and more horses through the racehorse adoption ranch and ultimately through Horsewise, I came to really, really understand that kind of being a nerd or being a dork or being super non uh, slick and, and professional was actually a good thing. And the reason why it was a good thing was that I was completely not cynical. So many of the professional, super successful horse trainers and professional competitors that I worked with or worked around, I didn't work with them at the time, they were always a little bit cynical. You know, uh, they'd kind of seen it all. They were experts. They were often excellent with the horses, no doubt. I mean, some really talented and skillful training for sure. But because they weren't nerds, they would kind of come to the office, so to speak, to the barn with this sort of attitude of being, you know, world weary. Like I said, they'd seen it all, they'd done it all. And because of that, they would often not see things that I would see with my sort of fresh eyes and again, my kind of innocent babe in the woods dorkiness, I would notice things about the horses, a subtle signals that they simply didn't perceive as important. 
that ability to observe without cynicism and just really, again, kind of have that wide-eyed wonder, I think that that was probably the single most thing that helped me ultimately make a transition from doing office work to working with horses. And uh, my dream back then was always to be like a professional horse trainer, a professional horse person. And in my mind, I had this idea of what that would be like. And I eventually did turn into that, but it was completely not the way I pictured it. And I'm still kind of a bit of a nerd. I still get really excited about things that a lot of horse professionals don't, like where a horse is placing his foot or the expression on a horse's face when he's learning something. Those things never get old to me. And um, I really, I'm really glad to embrace my inner nerd. So I wanted to give everyone kind of who who listens to me or who works with me at Horsewise a little bit of a kind of a boost or a pep talk about go ahead and embrace that inner nerd. You never know where it will lead you. And at the very least, you'll never end up feeling sort of cynical and sour about your horse. And at the end of the day, nerds tend to have the most fun anyway. You know, it's just kind of the law of nature. Another thing that I would kind of comment upon is how much more you are able to learn and process information when you see yourself as not being an expert. In the Zen world, they call that the concept of beginner's mind. And the saying the saying goes that in the expert's mind, there are very few options, but in the beginner's mind, there are endless options because you don't know enough to close off options. And that's where some of the most incredible insights and most meaningful things can happen between you and your horse when you kind of approach it with a beginner's mind, where every horse is a new personality. There's new things to learn rather than, oh, let's go through the motions and teach this horse how to jump or how to turn barrels the way we've, we've taught every horse that we've ever encountered to do those things. So that's one thing. Another element to keep in mind is that when you have a little bit more of that kind of nerdishness or you're, you know, again, you're not so focused on how cool you're being at that moment, you actually aren't then quite so self-conscious. That's one of the things that makes a nerd a nerd is that we have no idea that we're actually nerds. (laughs) So we're totally unselfconscious about it, kind of supremely innocent and just excited to be there and not realizing that we're nerds, which means that we're not interested in impressing people with how we look or what our overall kind of appearance is in general, how we speak, what we're saying, how our horse looks. We're focused maybe more on the core things and that there's a lot of delight in that. And it's a very valuable gift to be able to give your horse that you are more focused on your horse than what other people think of you while you're with your horse or while you're riding your horse. It's a big deal. And it's important to, to recognize that in yourself and not, not go, Oh, I'm not worth very much because I didn't have the perfect designer boots or I I didn't look as cool as I should for this show. Go back to the basics. Like how did you and your horse kind of feel together as a team? during that event. That's what's important. Not what people think about what you look like or what your horse looks like. Now, obviously there's limits. You know, you don't go in with your horse um, wearing tack that is uncomfortable or dirty, or your horse is so unkempt, like his feet haven't been picked and his mane is wild. I mean, that's, that's a little bit different. I'm not saying that you go into full on sort of sloppy hipster mode either, but I think the balance is that you're more focused on your horse's well-being and enjoyment of whatever 
activity you're doing together as a team that you're able to focus on your horse instead of what people think of, you know, your hairdo at that moment. And then the last thing I would just say about this is that I have seen some really top clinicians, uh, the best in the industry, really. I've been fortunate enough to, to go to clinics with those clinicians, sometimes to ride, but even sometimes just to audit, I would get a huge amount from that. And uh, I have noticed a trend where often there will be in the clinic class, many riders who are, you know, quote, cool, right? They have the perfect tack, they have well-trained horses, they have the absolute ideal couture, whether it's upper level dressage clinic or more of a vaquero clinic or a cow working clinic. They look the part, their horses look the part. And then there'll always be some people who maybe don't seem like they quite fit in. Maybe they look a little bit like I did back in the day, or maybe they don't have quite the perfect tack or their horses don't quite seem to fit in as well. And, uh, and they seem a little nerdy and, uh, often, you know, the clinicians will, will, really focus on those individuals and make sure that they understand kind of what the rules are, but also to understand maybe that, that these folks don't know all of the vocabulary perfectly, like some of the people who've been going to the clinics for years. And, uh, what almost inevitably happens I've noticed is that in those clinics, the quote nerds end up making a lot more progress than a lot of the people who are so perfectly cool and turned out in the most ideal way possible from a superficial appearance point of view. And the reason for that is that they don't really come there looking for kudos for how they look. They don't even know that that's like an option or that that's something they're being judged on. So they listen to the clinician. And because they listen to the clinician, they make really good progress with their horse. And the people who are maybe more focused on what does the clinician think of me or what do people in the audience think of me and do I look fancy and flashy enough, even though they have more experience and they may be way more skilled than, than the nerdy riders, they'll get stuck with their horses because they're not focusing on the right thing. And it can be really entertaining to watch this, to watch the contrast between the quote, skilled riders, the people who really know, you know, how to look cool and how to do it, quote, do it right. And the nerds who come in maybe with the, uh, you know, lime green bridal and, you know, kind of goofy ensemble, but they really focus on the horse, listen to the clinician and actually get the true essence of it. And I find that really uh, kind of a cool thing. It kind of goes back again to focusing on what's important and allowing yourself to hear the information and not to be quite so self-conscious. And every time that happens at a clinic, the clinician always makes a point of really singling out the nerds at the end of the clinic and talking about what a good job they did. Just a couple key compliments. And the reason they do that is not only just to encourage them, because it does take courage to come to a, an expensive clinic or a upper level clinic. When you're not used to it, you don't quite know the rules. So it's to encourage them. But it's also to make the point to all of the people who've been riding in the clinics for so long and, and again, look the part, have all the things down, but who didn't make as much progress because they weren't paying attention to the right things. I'm bringing up this topic because one of those old photos that I uncovered recently was from a Ray Hunt clinic I attended over 14 years ago. And that was the first clinic I ever rode in. And I had no idea basically what would be involved. I had seen some DVDs of Ray. I could tell that he was teaching what I really wanted to learn, even if I didn't understand anything about it. I just, from the moment I first saw 
what he did with horses. I knew that's what I wanted. And I went to this clinic like completely unprepared. And I went into the cold starting class with a horse from the track. His name was Uncle Tex. He was a three-year-old. He'd only had 30 days under saddle training at the track. So I thought, oh, this will be fun. I'll be like restarting. I don't, I mean, it's not like I'm taking a truly wild horse in. I didn't know this horse hardly at all. He turned out to be a very sweet, gentle horse who took great care of me at the clinic. But there I was. I was the only one in the colt starting clinic in an English saddle. It was actually a polo saddle. I had this giant dorky helmet that was my old polo helmet that looked like a motorcycle cop's helmet. And uh, I'm just so excited to be there. You know, I have my brand new half chaps and my gap jeans, and I'm there riding with all of the seasoned colt starters, just absolutely clueless. But you know, I learned so much from that clinic, and Ray was so patient with me. And it's because of that clinic that I got started down this path of kind of lifetime learning about this approach to horsemanship and how meaningful it is to the horses, but also to the people who take the time to practice it well and to change themselves in the process. So if I had been reluctant to to go to that clinic or to, to not be a nerd, I would have never had the life that I have now. So I hope all of you have enjoyed this story. And the next time you feel like maybe you're not quite cool enough and you need to get a lot of extra gear, or maybe you're not as polished as you should be, I hope you'll remember this podcast and you'll embrace your inner nerd. And as always, I thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.